Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Mr. DJ. Today I have a super exciting guest, uh, definitely a win in my personal history. And in my humble opinion, he's one of the most impeccable mixtape producers. This interview is very special to me because he made me feel so normal. And if there's one thing I'd like to get across or promote on this podcast, is that we all struggle with self-acceptance, but if we are able to quiet those negative thoughts, the possibilities are endless. And this experience was a perfect manifestation of that. Um, I feel like I had really lost sight of myself and confidence in myself last year. And even though this year has been kind of weird for all of us, I feel like I've gained it all back and then some. And I definitely have him to thank. And I know this is super cheesy, but he really made my dreams come true. So please enjoy my most favorite interview with music producer, Mr. Batiste, a.k.a. Zimmer. Hello. Hey. Hi, Batiste. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I, I can hear you perfect. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, well, I guess I can start off. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Say, wait, Baptiste? Say, say, say it again. Baptiste? Yeah, except the only thing is you technically don't pronounce the P, so it's like Baptiste, as you say. Oh, Baptiste. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, um, welcome to A Mr. DJ. Um, I guess for all of those who don't know this already, you're better known as Zimmer. Yep. Yep. Um, how are how are things in Paris? How are you adjusting right now? Uh, I mean, like the thing with what's going on is it's the same for everyone, kind of. So, like, I think we can all relate to one another. I mean, it's the same as everywhere, you know. Like, I'm I'm stuck at home. Uh, yeah. Paris can't really. Everything's kind of weird, but. I mean, for me, it's it's in a way life as usual because uh, my studio is in my home, so I'm already pretty used to being home most of the time. So it's not that much different, right? Uh, not like a big deal for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a big deal, obviously, because like the world is changing. Uh, this thing raises all sorts of questions. Like, I'm not yeah. sure we should get in there because it's kind of depressing, but uh, and it's also difficult for 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 my field because what I do is travel the world to gatherings of people. So right, it's pretty much the the, the last. Yeah, it makes it very limiting. Huh? Yeah, I said it makes it very limiting. You know, because I mean, we can't be gathering right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's de definitely very unfortunate. And I think we are all having a hard time kind of adjusting to this. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to um, come out better, you know? Hopefully. Um, yeah. Yeah, I sure hope so. I think um, it's a, I think it might be a good thing for us. Um, well, I guess, you know, what we can start off with is um, how did you come up with your DJ music producer name? Uh, it was honestly very random. I, it was back when I was a, a teenager. I was probably like 16 or 17. And I was, yeah, looking for a DJ name. And I didn't, like, at the time in my, in the small city where I come from, like, most of the local DJs would pick, like, um, English names or American sounding names. Right. And I was like, no, that's like, I want to be different, blah, blah. You know? And I was like, yeah. Germany's cool. And, like, part of my family is from uh, a region in France called Alsace, which is right by the German border. And it was, like, uh, that would be kind of cool to pay, like, a little tribute to, to that part of where I'm from. And I literally just opened a German dictionary sitting at my parents' house. And, like, yeah. and like Zimmer was, like, the first word that, like, caught my attention. I was, like, okay, this is it. And, like, I was doing that with, like, my best friend at the time. And we were just, like, having a laugh. And, like, it took me like two minutes to find it and and yeah I, I just stuck with it yeah cool that's a that's an interesting story yeah, that's awesome random, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so had you, is that like kind of when you started that early on when you were 16? Uh, yeah, that's when I started DJing. Um, that, okay. That was like the first thing. And I started make actually making my own music when I was 20, four years later. Oh, got it. So um, I guess tell us a little bit about your journey. Did you show a passion for music early on? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's always been a thing. Like my parents put me like in like weird music class where you'd like make a drum out of like a, a metal box and like a piece of plastic and like you'd get I'd get like rhythm lessons when I was like five. Oh, okay. uh, and then I, I there was a piano at my parents' house, so I kind of wanted to play that. So they they got me piano lessons from when I was eight, I think. And yeah, then being a teenager, I wanted something like a little bit more cool. So that's when I like got into DJing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So did your parents, I'm guessing your parents were very supportive then since they kind of instilled, you know, music early on. Was it something that they were pretty stoked about when you started to explore the music producing and like DJ business, I guess? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like there were... Like, but but for me, it was very progressive because I still like, like things started to click for me when I was studying. Uh, so at, at the end, like I, I still went through my studies, even though I was like starting to get like a little attention and, and playing some shows. But it definitely mm -hmm. was not uh, a, a career when I finished my studies, like I could not make a living out of music. Uh, right. And I considered like going like like trying to do that but my dad like just freaked out and so I, yeah. I kind of got a real job for a while but then started okay. then things started to grow and I kind of waited for like I did the working full-time plus I mean not full-time but I was working I got very lucky I actually just got the job four days a week uh-huh so I had like Fridays off to make music and to go tour nice yeah that was honestly that was amazing like I yeah I recommend everyone <laughs> If they can make it like financially sound, having that that Friday or like any other day off like changes everything. Like, yeah, like, especially know. Friday, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. But having I mean, a Friday off is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, but it's it's tricky to make it effective. Like I still struggle with that like all the time. Like, that's another topic. But it's when when you have to like self motivate and you're just working for yourself, it's so hard to like get to work. You know. Yeah, yeah, kind of having like uh almost almost kind of like right now, you know. I feel oh, like yeah. I I battled with that. Um I was furloughed about a month ago okay. and I had to like stick to a routine so that I wasn't just like hanging out, you know, and I would like make yep. myself a schedule um just to have that discipline like you said, you know, and it's hard to kind of get on that if you don't have some strict rules for yourself i guess oh yeah and, and like i've been doing this now like full time for six years i think and i still struggle with it like i was supposed to do like this afternoon i was supposed to have like i had a big to-do list i had tons of things to do in the studio i ended yeah. up watching like the new documentary on michael jordan on netflix like all afternoon <laughs> well that is a good one though yeah, yeah. that's well, that's something good i mean at least you're watching documentaries you know something a little bit um educational in some way yeah <laughs> yeah but so um i've been listening to your music since like the wave of new disco began i would say like between 2011 and 2012 Beautiful. and i i've been completely enamored ever since Thank you. um I, like i just can't even begin i've been such a huge fan for the longest time um, would you say that's kind of like when your musical career or professional career started or was it earlier than that? No, that's pretty, that's pretty much the start. Like, uh, like the first track I put out was this track called Cruisin' on Disco Texas. Mm -hmm. It was like early 2011. Yeah. And that's literally, yeah. actually, that's the first track I kind of ever finished. Like Cruisin'. Cruising was like, yeah. like the first, like, I think it's the second track I ever made. 
like ever. Oh, okay. It's like the second sketch, oh. and like that ended up being released, but it was kind of crazy. But yeah, that's that's. When I mean, it started. It, yeah, yeah. And was was that um, back in Paris, or did you? So like, did you grow up? You were born and raised in Paris, and like went to school there. Um, did you do come out here occasionally, though, right, to like tour and produce? I mean, so I was born in the Alps in a friend in a small city called Annecy, which is okay. by the mountains, and there's like this very beautiful lake. It's it's like twenty miles away from Geneva. It's right by the Swiss border, not far from the Italian border as well. And so okay. I was born there. Like three months after I was born, we went to Palo Alto for two years with my parents because oh. uh, my dad was working at Stanford back then. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Moved back to France to Annecy and we'd go to California like every summer, like spend a month or two. Uh, like ba- like we'd, we'd stay at uh, on my dad's colleague's house and we'd like just spend our summers in California. And we went back for my seventh grade year. So that was like in 2000, I think. And then okay. yeah, back to NC and I, I and I actually moved to Paris when I was 20 for, for my for my studies. And that's like actually when I started making music. But and, okay. and ever since also so so like California has always been like a super important part of who I am because ever since I can remember I have memories in California and like my dad my would speak to me in French and my mom in English. Yeah. But then I forgot English and learned it back when I was uh yeah when I was in 11 when we moved back to LA and so is your mom not um from Paris or like is she not from France no, she's from yeah, they're, they're both Fran- as French as it gets like my dad has the thickest French accent when he speaks and my mom's yeah. a little better but no no they're both completely French actually they my mom learned English like we when when I was a kid we stayed for two years and she learned English like the first year and I was like a newborn so I wouldn't speak and then the second year she would teach me English but she had literally just learned oh. it like the year before so oh wow okay and that was when you guys were in Palo Alto correct yeah yeah, yeah. we were yeah Palo Alto and so when you LA, the second trip okay so when you moved to um, Paris as a twenty year old um, is that when like when did you produce Cruisin? Was that something that happened out there, and that's when your musical career took off, or was that something that happened here in LA? No, that 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 happened in, in Paris. So I was doing, um, uh, I was going to design school to be an mm-hmm. industrial designer. That was my career. But in the last year, we had a lot of freedom and a lot of time to actually work on our diplomas projects, and I actually used almost all of that time to work on music. <laughs> and uh, so I was, yeah, I had a lot of, like, I could organize my time like I wanted. And yeah, I I would just make music all day. And that's when I made Cruisin and like a lot of the early stuff. I like, was like in that tiny, tiny apartment in Paris, like just working on my laptop and and a, and a pair of little speakers. And that's how I did most of the early stuff. And yeah, but yeah, but I kept coming, like I, I got lucky that I started playing in the U.S. very early on because the next year, 2012 I moved to Mexico for six months to study there like as an abroad student thing and I was so nice. close to the U.S. and I was getting like I was talking for the internet to a lot of people that made music I liked back then like uh like Gold Room, Moon Boots, like all those American uh, artists I really liked yeah and yeah I started playing like super small shows because I was like right down in Mexico and it was really easy to, right. to, to go there and and I kind of made a second wave of friends in the U.S. I still had a few friends from back when I was a uh, like 12 but I made a uh-huh. new group of friends like both in LA and in New York and and yeah after that I like I, I came to tour like two three four times a year and I also I, I had a few long, a bit longer stays, like a month or two in LA. And actually three years ago, I met a girl in New York and I was basically splitting my time between Paris and New York for a year. So, so like, I've always been like, I've always been to the US a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, 
I mean, you were mentioning earlier that, you know, you were kind of um, looking, you know, to Gold Room and Moon Boots. Um, would you say that those were some of the artists that you were, I guess, influenced your sound? Or was there someone before that? Like, what were you listening to as a child or as a teenager that influenced your sound? I mean, I, I think these guys, we kind of all influenced one another because we literally, like, came up at the same time but like the people i would look yeah. to went before that uh like the one that really marked me was aeroplane uh back oh when yeah for duo. sure like yeah yeah with him and magician yeah, like a track like caramelas yeah. or the friendly fires remix those were like usually mm -hmm. in tracks and also breakbot from france Yes. Yeah. We, we, we might, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing, and I, I've had the chance to the chance to play with him. Like actually, last year and it was one of the best days of my life because it was like oh. I was playing this this crazy festival down in Mexico, like the biggest crowd I've ever played, like seven thousand people in tents. It was absolutely amazing, and I was playing before him. And halfway from my set, I turned my head around and I see like my friends dancing with Bregbot and he was like yeah. dancing to my set and that was like incredible you know I was like wow oh, this is so cool like he's yeah. some of the guys yeah. that I, I grew up idolizing you know so yeah oh, that's cool it's so it's it's so refreshing to hear someone like yourself because you know that's how I feel about <laughs> you you know for you to like you know also be feel have that same feeling towards someone else oh, you yeah. know that's amazing I got to see Breakbot last year. There was this super awesome music festival here in California. It was called Just Like Heaven. Nice. And it was like um, just all of those like 2008 artists like Phoenix and Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Breakbot, Break um, R.A.C. or oh, Rack. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was just so amazing. And yeah, he put on a great, great show. So nice. I feel like, yeah, th that is... Um, something very very similar to kind of like your sound yeah um, i mean like the, the so, whole like blog ass movement from like 2008 9 at banger like also like the, the norwegians like todd terrier prince thomas like all that was kind of what really made me want to make music that's like when yeah. the deck click happened so would you say that's like um very dis like a very disco sound oh yeah correct totally. like Super yeah, disco, yeah, super groovy. yeah. Cool. I love disco. Yeah, that's what yeah. I start. It, it kind of shifted <laughs> through the years, but that's kind of always been like the foundation of what I wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a, a younger brother. Okay, yeah. and is he um doing his own thing or in the same industry uh he's like his actual work he is being a developer but he's also always been like a very musical uh kid like honestly when we were younger i thought he was going to be the one with a, like a full music career because he he does everything like he sings he plays bass guitar the piano like he's a way better like live player than i am and he would like play those <laughs> like high school rock band and like played big shows when he was like 15 and, oh nice yeah and he's gotten back to music actually like he's he's in a french singing uh punk rock band and they actually just had their oh, first nice. like uh their first cp like a week ago yeah. oh that's awesome that's so cool um is he does he come out with you ever when you are on tour or is he does he like have another I guess like a job that keeps him at home. Uh, he he would he always like when I play in Paris, he always comes on the sleeper. Yeah. Uh, when I tour, it's kind of like touring. Like back when touring was still possible, it's it's so expensive to tour with people. Like usually, it's uh, if I travel with someone, I would travel with uh, my sound like this guy called orson was my sound engineer light engineer and tour manager so when i do live he's the one traveling with me he's okay. like a swiss army knife like he does the job of like three different people he's absolutely amazing <laughs> uh or i sometimes also travel with my girlfriend and and she's gotten 
actually really good at helping me. Like we did a few live shows together when I had like all the solar panels and like all that stuff I have on stage. And she, yeah, now, now she knows how to set everything up and like we do this to two of us also sometimes. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Does she is she also in the music industry or um, something similar? I guess she's, she does creative stuff. Like she she did an architect. So okay. it's kind of like we can exchange like creative thoughts and like she always like gives me her opinion on everything I do creatively. Yeah. I do the same. So it's it's kind of cool to have a partner who's also like creative. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what was your first performance like um, as Zimmer? Did that, you Have you always gone as Zimmer? I know that some people start off with like, you know, just a, like a Batiste yeah, DJ, DJ name. I would, I would call myself Batiste Zimmer first. Like when I, like oh, okay. from 16 to, to 20, when I would just like, I, I played, like I literally played every scenario. Like the first thing I ever played was like the birthday party for a friend where like my dad would drive me to the thing because I was 16 I would, and I would play yeah. on a computer but that did not have a laptop back then so I would take like the tower and like the screen and the mouse oh. and the keyboard <laughs> and like my parents hi-fi system and like a little controller and I would play on that then I did like when I grew up a little bit I played in bars I played in like like what would be the equivalent of like frat parties like I played I even did like a couple weddings, I think. Like I did a bar mitzvah. Like I did like all sorts of things. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So was this um like as a sixteen-year-old you were doing this? No, no, no. This was more like, like when I was sixteen, I'd play like birthdays and stuff. And this was more like when I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty. But yeah, the, the first my but my first actual gig as Zimmer was right after I released Cruising. Okay. It was at a, a club in Paris called Shimun, which mm -hmm. was like, yeah, one of the the iconic clubs back then. Back like, oh, nice. Social Club and a little bit later on Wonderless. It's like those were, but like Social Club is really the club that's influenced me the most. It's like this used to be this legendary club. It's closed now. But oh, okay. All of my favorite um, artists would play there. Nice. So it was one of those like, real like a, it was kind of like a prominent club that you got to play it for the first time i mean it was it was more this like tiny tiny room it was it was pretty small but it was like the, yeah. one of the cool spots yeah right like one of those yeah for sure it's not not like a you know like a vegas club but just one of like where all the cool bands and artists go like an indie yeah, exactly. kind of i guess yeah that's awesome. Were you nervous that first time? Uh, a little bit, but to be honest, like I played, it was like a Wednesday and I played the opening slot. So literally the only people were like my friends. So it was kind of cool because like all yeah. my friends showed up and it was, and I played for them basically. And, and that's it. But it was, yeah. it was really cool already. <laughs> like, because at, at the time I was DJing a lot, but I was playing like shitty bars and like, but it was actually my, my side job as a student to, like get a little extra money and like to buy clothes and right. do stuff like i would dj like weekly in like shitty like beer bars and that was like my first time yeah. actually playing like a cool venue where i could really play whatever i wanted and yeah it was absolutely a joy like i was so excited when that happened it was incredible yeah yeah i can imagine so when you're kind of referring back to like the other bars does that mean that you know when you were at those bars did you have to follow like I guess um like rules as far as like what you played and like it wasn't really like your own sound uh I mean it was I kind of got lucky because I never had to I never played like a commercial club so it was mm -hmm. more like background music so the owners were a little bit more flexible on what I could play, but I had to play a little bit of it here and there, but I was, it was a good, really good school actually to teach me how to mix like the stuff I liked, like robots, yeah. and all that good stuff with like a bit more commercial stuff, but I never had to play like atrocious music. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was a good, 
and this was a good learning experience because I had this way I had access to like CDJs and like like the good stuff and it taught me how to and I, it was like four hour sets also so I was just like oh my. really used to playing for long long hours yeah for sure how would you say that you've grown I guess emotionally and musically since that first performance man it's been, <laughs> it's been quite a journey yeah. <laughs> to me that like the biggest thing is kind of going full circle because I really started as as a DJ and not as a musician or music producer and now being able to like play live and like have like a sonography on stage and all that like that's always kind of where I wanted to go and mm -hmm. yeah it's like it feels like it feels full circle honestly if I it's weird to say this but if I never if I if I never play another gig because of coronavirus or whatever like I think I've yeah had a, like I've accomplished all the things that I wanted to accomplish so like everything like oh that's you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's like, I'm happy to hear that, you know, you feel like you kind of attained what you set out for. Yeah, I, guess. And I, I mean, I, it's a very recent feeling. It's something I felt like when I came back from the, from the album tour in the US, or actually after playing the, the Paris show of the album tour with like the full, the full live setup, like the solar panels and everything like that really felt like, right. Yeah, but I was I, I was happy with that, you know. I was like fulfilled artistically with what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your experience, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced um, in the industry or just your musical career? Um, I mean, the really difficult thing in in, in this industry is uh, to stay relevant because. I mean, there's so much good music out there and there's so many people doing it and it's just so hard to get noticed and to have like people come to your shows and doing this for an extended period of time and like not dying with trends also like like new disco, like the new disco we both loved in 2011 is no more. I mean, kind of like that right. small scene exploded not exploded but just faded away like years and years ago and now everyone is doing something different like like if i take those examples like gold room is much more in an indie pop world moon boots is like more in the house scene i'm more in like the i don't know like you tell me what i'm into but like max cooper is like it's like dreamy whatever and slash italo disco Technology, whatever. I mean, it's really hard to describe, but it's not new disco anymore. So, like yeah, surviving yeah. these trends and like reinventing yourself creatively, because like making music, like still to this day, I think it's the hardest thing to do. It's so hard to make a good song, and so doing this through time yeah. and like still finding ways to please yourself and make people excited about what you make and uh, have them come to your shows. That's that's like extremely difficult. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you're right. Like, I think that, um, you know, everyone kind of has evolved um, and you kind of I guess that is the one thing that you have to kind of stay focused yeah. and determined um, to kind of, you know, keep pushing through. Um, I guess, you know, on that note, did you ever feel discouraged um sometimes but i mean i'm a yeah. i'm a very positive person to be honest and i think that's one thing that's saved me from those negative thoughts because like but like literally every time you put out a song like you especially when you've had like big success like yeah i was lucky like early in my career like things went they did not go fast and it was not like the biggest, I wasn't like flume or anything that like blew up overnight, but like rapidly, like three years after cruising, I did this remix for Mo, like the Don't Wanna Dance remix, but got like millions of plays on, on YouTube in like a few months. And like when you get like this adrenaline rush, 
get used to it yeah. and whatever you put out after that does not reach the same success you feel like it's a failure and you need to but it's not yeah. necessarily like the case like when i look back mm-hmm. i remember no. like, two two weeks after releasing uh lost your mind I was like man mm-hmm. this is not working like press is not picking it up people are not listening the plays are low and like it ended up being a really successful so it's like it's always stressful when you've had success to you know that people are going to judge you yeah. according to that success also you, you, you right i think it yeah and i think you know it's it's hard to kind of compare um yourself to or like that success it's almost like you know you get this like really high point um and you always want to be higher than that you know and it's hard to kind of i guess deter your your aim because you always want to be better but the one thing that um i've like i've learned is if like you always want to compare yourself to an earlier version of you and if you are a better person than that earlier version of you just spite of you know like your success or whatever just you as a person i think that's oh, yeah, sure. that's a win i mean you know like yeah if, if you if your app if your happiness is based on your professional success like no matter what career you do but especially in music where it's like it's what you love it's what you i mean that's honestly now that's like all i know but i it's it's hard in every field but in music especially i feel like yeah it can be so crushing to like not have the response you expect and it's also you know like everyone yeah everyone judges themselves against too high of a standard because when you think about it like and and that's what's what that's what i do to like put things into perspective but i'm extremely mm-hmm. lucky to have had six years of my life where i could make enough of an income to travel the world play my music make music have nothing else to worry about professionally to like put a roof over my head and like put in my plate and that's already amazing and like i have not there's like some goals i set to myself i did not accomplish but who cares like i'm already probably in the one percent of luckiest musicians because so little people get to yeah to live what i lived and i'm very fortunate like and that's also one of the reasons i wanted to do this interview because like i noticed when i see nave on instagram and i know you've been following my music for a very long time and i'm I'm extremely grateful because it's because of people like you that keep on following me and um, like, I mean, stay there no matter like if I go left or right in my music. And yeah, so it's, so thank yeah. you for that. That's because of you that I- Oh no, I yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, and I want to um, one one more thing. It's I guess- It's like, it also like the hard thing and especially with something like Instagram is like, you always see extremely successful people and you like, will always judge mm-hmm. yourself uh, to, to I have a standard. It's like, like I see myself and I'm like, Oh, I'm not getting as many plays as I don't know, like my friend Darius, you know, who's the same label as me he's getting more plays on his songs. But then in this perspective is not getting as many plays as I don't know, FKJ. And then FKJ is like, Oh, I'm not getting, as many plays as Childish Gambino and Childish Gambino is like, I'm not as iconic as Justice and Justice are like, I'm not as iconic as yeah. that one. And that one girl, like, oh, I'm not as iconic yeah. as Mozart, you know? So it can like, this can go on and on forever and you need to be happy with where you're at. Absolutely. No where. Yes. And that's, you know, the one thing that um, you I guess, like, again, I've learned throughout the years is like, you have to be happy with yourself. Because if you're not happy, like, if you're always looking for those external validations, it doesn't matter, you know, you're always going, it's, it's almost like you're chasing this like drug. And you're always going to want more and more. But until you can find happiness from when from within, 
you know, then those external validations are just a, bl- a, pu- a plus, yeah. you know, a little bonus um, that you and, get. And that's like, yeah, yeah. And uh, when releasing my album, it was the same thing. Like, it was a big deal because it was my first album and every artist's first album, you want it to be successful. But I never thought of that. Yeah. I was like, I just released it when I was like, okay, like, I'm really happy with what I made. I like listening to these songs. They fit. There's a message. There's a vibe. There's an artistic coherence between like everything. I'm happy. And like, no matter what happens, I'll be happy, you know? And that's, I think that that's key. And it's the same thing in work, you know, like, cause all, like I have a lot of friends that have corporate jobs and like managers never give praise when it's due. And like, that's and that's right. going to be like super demoralizing. And that's why you need to learn to like really just yeah. be happy with yourself and be proud of yourself. And yeah, everything else is bonus. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I completely agree. Um, I guess, you know, that's kind of, you kind of already touched, I was going to say on the more positive side, what you feel has been rewarding in your musical career and, you know, you said your fans um, kind of sticking by you. Have you found anything else that's rewarding um, in, like, I mean, your, the industry? Things, to be honest. Um, but, like, it goes from, it's, it's going to sound cheesy, but it's true. Like, traveling and meeting new people. Like, I've made a ton of friends on the road. And, like, now when I go for on the U.S. tour, like, in almost every city, I'm having dinner with someone I met through music industry and it's like you it's this group of people connected over the same passion and like probably half my friends if not more and the people in my life now i met for music because it's such a beautiful vector for human interaction and and yeah i mean the joy of yeah being on stage and sharing and like seeing people's like reactions to to music whether it's like i'm playing live or djing just like that joy and that togetherness it brings like but there's there's no better feeling you know yeah <laughs> it's like a huge yeah, adrenaline that's feeling why, that's sure. why i do this I, like i like being in the studio and it's it's magical two percent of the time when you finally make something good it's frustrating 98% because what you're making sucks. And, and, you know, but the stage is different. That's like, I do, I make music for the stage. I'm not one of those guys where it's like, oh, I need to like put my emotions out in my songs. That's not how I process things artistically, but I do it for the moments. And yeah, music music is, is beautiful right. and creating special moments, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess this is where we can head towards. Um, so your tapes, um, I feel have always somehow released at the most perfect times in my life. Um, usually when I'm going through a rough patch, to be honest, like it's gotten me out of some like, really dark moments. And in fact, your most recent recent tape, um, the March one was released the first week I was without a job and I remember I went on a run and I like started off listening to it and it was like an immediate endorphin overload I remember text messaging my brother like oh my god the first track is amazing and you know it just it gives me this like huge like I said endorphin like rush you know and like feelings of joy where I was kind of, you know, feeling down maybe five minutes before that. Um, Has any artist done that for you? Like um, when you, like where they get you out of a funk, I guess? Um, I mean, it's, when you, when you've been working in music for so long, like it's, it's funny, but your, your relationship to music tends to shift a little bit. Like, it kind of loses some of that magic because you're so caught up in it and the technical aspect of it. And mm-hmm. so it's, that's a good question. Like I can't really, oh, you know what? No, it's, it, it's, it's little, 
like I can't really put a finger on it on like one specific artist, but it's more of that like magical feeling like that seems gone a lot of times and one day it like reappears like actually just yesterday I just was hanging out on YouTube and I came up on that uh, parcels live session and I just pressed play and usually like you like yes I know pretty fast like if I'm gonna like something or not and like I usually skip through and like I kind of lost some of that magic of where you just actually listen and you it allows you to like get into the emotions and I had that that feeling again like listening to parcels and I had the little shivers and like the magic was back and that was like kind of a cool moment but it's it's hard for me to pinpoint like one specific yeah. artist but there are plenty I mean and, and that's also that's yeah I think that's yeah. a, a lot of what does this to me is what I actually put in my tapes so because it's really like the usually the, the best music I've heard in the last, ever since the, the, the time before I made the tape, you know? So it's really all that I've lived, like the, the songs that touched me the most throughout the, the past, like three, four, six uh -huh. months when I'm like making tapes. So it, it's good. It means we're yeah. reacting to the same songs if you like the Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess, you know, because I can see what you mean with like, since you're the one that's making music, it's hard to kind of use that as an outlet for, um, I guess, to kind of get the same feeling that I'm feeling. Um, it's almost like when yeah. someone cooks, like, they're not so into eating their food, because it's almost like they're sh like, they want to share that food you know and not so much eat it it's more for like yeah. what they're making what they're creating so I guess do you have any other passions that um have you know helped you right now kind of use as an outlet to uh, stay positive during these just, just before turbulent that, times just one more thing on the, on the previous topic is uh sure it's still very rarely but it's still like when I make a song, sometimes it would happen to me that I've been like working on the song all afternoon. And like, I sit back at like in my bed and like mm -hmm. look at the view and like just play the songs on my headphones. And it's the song I just, I just made it. So it's still very fresh and I'm not getting used to it. And sometimes I get that magical feeling on my, it sounds like pretentious maybe, but I get that magical feeling on my own music. And when this happens, it's, like, no. it's incredible. Like I had this when I made Landing, for instance. And it was in like, I can sit in my bed crying yeah. for 15 minutes because the music brought me to that place. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean because I, I like, I feel that, you know, like as um, for me, uh, my ones that are always on repeat anytime I'm trying to get out yeah. of like, you know, just a bad space. I um, always go to stay yep. that tape stay is <laughs> like, that's, that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, on, on your, on your other question, um, I'm a big sports fan. Uh huh. Not actually really playing it, but I love, I love basketball and soccer. Those are my two things. And I'm a I'm a huge Laker fan actually, um, just because I was I was in LA in LA when yeah. they won their second title with Shaq and Kobe. Oh, okay. And I was like 11, and that had a huge impact on me. I, like I got into basketball at that time, and so and there's I I find a lot of similarities in 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 um in music and and sports because it's it's about the moment and. There's this connection of people actually being there and like witnessing what's going on. That's very powerful, I think. So that's, yeah. that's I mean, watching sports has been one of my big outlets. And I have the same thing with PSG. Like I always try to go to the games and stuff. Um, with PSG, you yeah, said? it's like the, the the Paris soccer team. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but, cool. Yeah, and, and, and but you don't. And I've been into like the, the new thing now has been uh, kind of building things with my hands. Like I've been, so I went to. I'm a big fan of like interior design and furniture, 
And that's kind of what, that's actually what I wanted to be when I was a kid. I didn't want to be a musician. I wanted to be like either a shoe designer at Nike or an interior architect. That's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, well, now is the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so Get that creative mind. Yeah, I I love building things. Like I, I redone my kitchen myself, like three months ago, like all the, all the solar panels you see on stage, I built them myself. Also, uh-huh. and like I really like make actually making things. That's like very. That's that just puts me in a nice mental space because it's like physical work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, physical work. You know, can also get that serotonin out. Oh, yeah. um, just like exercising, basically. Um, let's see. So, what songs? I know you said that um, in your, you know, your tapes. That's usually like kind of a compilation of the music or artists that you've been kind of, you know, obsessing over or just listening to. Um, what are some artists that you like are currently listening to right now that you want to share with us, or maybe like, you know, uh, that we should know about? Uh, I'm so bad with names. Let me pull, pull out my my Spotify. I can That's I can true. never like somehow when I'm DJing I can always remember track yeah. names but in interviews I'm like the worst. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, just on top of my head, I've been really digging Amtrak's new album. It's like one. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's this kid called uh actually I'm, I don't even know he's a kid but <laughs> uh do something. <laughs> It's uh it's a French singer. I he's in the mixtape, so you can find find him. Look him up. Yeah. Okay. Really really good like okay, cool. singing kind of kind of vibe. I, I feel I'm like I'm still I still miss parody. That's like for me that was like the best that <gasps> came out of the last ten years. And, yeah, I love parody. Yeah. And his, so his single was actually produced by one of the two guys from Parody, so should listen to that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then cool. there's uh, right. there's this guy called Kendall. Same thing. He's also in the mixtape. It's like a bit more of Italo disco, but just like really high energy Italo disco. It's like really good dancing music. I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, I guess before I let you go, uh, let us know if you have any future projects that we should look forward to or any way that we can support. Are you um, doing any live streams or anything like that? Um, yeah, so I've, I've done a bunch at the start of this whole thing uh, just because I, I haven't been doing in a while. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm doing another one for uh, a festival in Mexico. I think that's going to air on... Thursday. Uh, okay, this Thursday. Yeah, this Thursday, the twenty third. Awesome. Yeah. It's okay. Eight p.m. Pacific time, I think. Uh, okay. And, yeah, and then, oh uh, no, it's actually a little early. Are you? I'll, I'll send you the info. Uh, okay, awesome. I have a new single coming out in three weeks, May thirteenth. Okay. We just had the meeting with the label today. So it's, it's called. It's called. Cool. It's like, it was actually in the mixtape. So I went to oh, okay. little previews of my new stuff in the mixtapes. So it was in there. Okay, awesome. Um, and yeah, well, I'm just, looking forward to it. <laughs> thank you. And yeah, I'm just working on on what's next. Just trying to make a lot of new music. Um, I can give you an exclusive, which is also that we're getting remixes done for the album. So there's going to be like a little album remix package. So from from some very cool people. So that should be out during the summer or a little after we're still getting the last okay. remix again and yeah and there's gonna be okay. at least i think at least a new ep before the end of the year maybe even two because i have i have a lot of new music that's kind of not ready but almost ready so yeah we'll see but there, there's gonna be a lot more zimmer this year awesome i'm looking forward to it yeah and, and i'll be back at, like i was really like I think we can, I can discuss this with you because you we talk about the tapes a lot. But yeah, it was so hard to make the tapes at the same time as making the album because it's like such mm-hmm. different things. And I know I've kind of not let people down, but like I've made a lot less tapes than before. 
And this year is kind of, yeah. I really want to get back at having this like regularly, like at least every season. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you did before. Yeah. I think you would like release one every season. Yeah. yeah. But it's awesome. Like, it's like, cool. so, like, I don't know if people realize how much work it is. It's like, it takes so, because I edit almost every track that's in the mixtape. Like, if yeah. there's like 16, like, like two bars too much, I like take it out to make it like very, not fast, but like move at the pace I want. So this is where, I, this is why also there's like this kind of pattern. I don't know if you feel that, but from tape to tape, they're like, it's different, but it's similar in a way because it's like, it always kind of builds up the same and like, I have a very specific like energy that gets me going and like by editing tracks, by taking chunks off of them or like, re like changing their order or whatever, like I can recreate that feeling from tape to tape, but that like just takes a lot of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can attest to that because I feel like they're so meticulously put together that I'm sure it takes so much time because every tape I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, like, how does he do this? <laughs> and it's because a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other trick also is like most, most tracks like fit, like I, I try to find tracks that fit harmonically together. That's, that's the yeah. magic of like blending things. It's if they're in the same key, then they can blend really easily. So it takes a lot of time like to finding the right combination of tracks to make them like yeah, kind of blend seamlessly and like create something new. That is for sure what you're known for because they all blend super well, for sure. Well, Batiste, Batiste, thanks so much for sharing your time with me and um, all your fans. Um, I am going to look forward to your next tape. Take care and stay safe and continue to stay positive. Yeah, thank you. To see you next time I'm in LA. Come say. Yes, Bye. absolutely. You will. Were, were you at the Echo? Was All you... right. Was I at the... No, I wasn't because oh. I, I was working two jobs at the time. So um, my brother was there, though. And I, like, got out of work late for my second job. So right. I didn't get to go. <laughs> but next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Take yeah. care. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.